0: This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. To support The Quest and being able to produce more local programming, please visit thequestatlanta.com and click the donate button. Thank you for your generosity. afternoon everyone you're listening to heaven's light from the studio of your atlanta catholic radio station am 1160 the quest i'm steph ike and i'm joined today in the studio by jack tyson rachel miller is producing the show and on the phone we have our father jim blunt with us from the society of our lady of the most holy trinity And we just finished our three-day spring pledge drive last week where we take calls for your support to keep the station running and growing. And if you love Heaven's Light and the other great shows on this network and want to help us maintain the station, perhaps you might uh, feel like this might be just the right time. Is this show, Heaven's Light, and now in its second year an inspiration to you? If so, please consider going to thequestatlanta.com and click the donate button to support the great work at this station, including this show. You know, we're 100% listener supported. And uh, we rely on those um, those donations uh, to stay on the air, but also for your prayer. So thank you for your prayer support as well. And remember, if you miss any episodes with Father Jim, they're available to listen to at thequestatlanta.com or on our Quest Atlanta app under Programs and Local. And this hour, we're going to be talking about today's scripture as well as Saint Joseph and Eucharistic Adoration. Welcome, Father Jim. We're happy to have you today.
1: Thank you, Stephanie and Jack and Rachel and good listeners. It's good to be here with you. Thanks be to God.
2: Thanks be to God. Father, I missed the last uh, live episode, and uh, I I knew a couple weeks in advance I wasn't going to be able to make it. And uh, I try to listen when I miss, you know, when I'm not here. And because yeah. uh, I, you know, sitting at my desk, I can, I can do that over an earpiece and, and all that, but I couldn't do it. I, ju- I, I caught like a minute and Steph sends me a text and said, did you hear today's show? And I said, no, I only heard like a minute of it. She goes, you have to listen to the last six minutes and so i wanted to thank you for the uh birthday shout out you gave me that day but i sent steph a, a note back i said well that's no fair because now i have to keep working through all these sniffles that you created so <laughs> thank you
1: you're welcome you're welcome charity it's uh thats i might say the heartbeat of the church our, our love for each other and the love of christ coming through us we really Really, the church and the world, we have to get back to this this place of appreciating one another, mm-hmm. that there's something beautiful, good, and even great in everyone, and everyone. And to begin looking for Jesus in all of our neighbors and in the homeless as well. So it's a joy. It's a joy, you know, to praise you, Jack, and Stephanie, and Rachel, to see the goodness of God in each person, and to celebrate that. Not only it builds up. You know the the person in front of you but it also gives us joy when we give others you know we might say their their due we praise them for being god's handiwork and being faithful to that we ourselves increase in virtue whatever you praise becomes part of you isn't that interesting whatever Mm -hmm. you praise if we praise what is sinful and what is evil we think about it talk about it in effect praise it we start taking on the characteristics of that evil But if we praise what is good and holy and true and just, it starts becoming part of us. So there's, you might say, a a hidden motive, too, in praising one another and seeing the good in each other. Because those attributes that we're seeing and praising become part of us at the same time. It's something quite beautiful. Mm -hmm. You can't lose with the Lord. It's the law of increasing returns. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Here's our our first note of the day.
0: (laughs) That's right. Our first gem for today. You know what? uh, We always say, Father, we like to start every hour with a prayer. So do you have an idea of a prayer that you would mind sharing with us today?
1: Yes, I have two ideas. First, I'd just like to pray three Hail Marys with everyone, in honor of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity. Mm-hmm. And to bless this broadcast and to, to put hope in the hearts of all those who may be listening today and in the future, we really need the virtue of hope. And so we we'll pray three Hail Marys in honor of Our Lady, the Most Holy Trinity, for the grace of hope or confidence to fill each of us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
2: Amen. Amen.
1: In honor of Mary as daughter of God, the Heavenly Father. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
0: Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother Mother of God, God, pray pray for for us sinners. sinners. Spread
2: Spread the effect of of grace of thy flame
0: of love over all all of humanity, humanity, now now and at at the hour
1: of our death. death. Amen. In honor of Mother Mary, as Mother of God the Son, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
0: Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over
2: all of humanity,
0: now and at the hour of our
2: death. Amen.
1: In honor of Our Lady as Bride, as Spouse of the Holy Spirit, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
0: Holy, Holy Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners. sinners. Spread, Spread the effect of, of grace of thy flame, flame of love
1: over all of humanity, humanity now and in at the hour of our death. death. Amen. And here is a scripture verse, teen. This is from Psalm 24. It's a good prayer for us today. The Lord's is the earth and its fullness, the world and all its peoples. It is He who set it on the seas, on the waters He made it firm. Who shall climb the mountain of the Lord? Who shall stand in His holy place? The man with clean hands and pure heart, who desires not worthless things, who has not sworn so as to deceive his neighbor. He shall receive blessings from the Lord and reward from the God who saves him. Such are the men who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. And just such a man was St. Joseph, who we hope to honor in today's show. He was, and we want to be, men with clean hands and pure hearts, who desire not worthless things, and who are always honest to our neighbors. May we be this kind of man, this kind of woman, and may St. Joseph pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Beautiful, Father. You you know, dear listeners, we uh, huddled and decided that it would really be nice for us to uh, spend some time with Holy Scripture and maybe kick off each hour for a while talking about the daily scriptures and we have Numbers today, Psalm one oh two and John parts of John eight. And Father, if it's okay with you, I thought maybe we'd ask uh, Jack to read from Numbers twenty one four through nine.
1: Oh please. That's a beautiful reading.
2: So I'll 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 start us off and then Father, if you'll just share your, your thoughts about this reading. It's sure. It's, uh, It's from the book of Numbers, uh, chapter uh, 21. From Mount Hor, the children of Israel set out on the Red Sea Road to bypass the land of Edom. But with their patience worn out by the journey, the people complained against God and Moses. Why have you brought us up from Egypt to die in this desert where there is no food or water? We are disgusted with this wretched food. In punishment... The Lord sent among the people seraph serpents, which bit the people so that many of them died. Then the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned in complaining against the Lord and you. Pray the Lord to take the serpents away from us. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, Make a seraph and and mount it on a pole, and whoever looks at it after being bitten will live. Moses accordingly made a bronze serpent and mounted it on a pole. And whenever anyone had, had been bitten by a serpent, looked at the bronze serpent, he lived.
1: Mm. The word of the Lord. word of the Lord. Praise be, Thanks to, God. be to God. Well, thank you, Jack. That's um, a very powerful reading, and especially the part about the bronze serpent what in the world is going on there? But before we enter that, we want to look at the first paragraph of what you read. It's, I think it's a lesson for the ages, not only for the, the Israelites, the Jewish people, but also for ourselves, the Christian people, the Catholic people. It says in the second line, But with their patience worn out by the journey. Boy, there's a realistic line, if ever there was one. And I think for all of us right now in this time of the pandemic and this, I believe, false vaccination program and all that's happening across the world is so much fatigue right now. There's so much dishonesty. We don't know who to trust anymore on the news that we can really become worn out by this journey. And that's a great warning signal. When you feel worn out, take that as a warning When we do get worn out, um, it can open the door to darkness. And so we really need to check ourselves um, frequently. If we're feeling worn out, we're feeling our patience beginning to go, uh, we need to stop right there. We need to pray to God for a break, somehow get a break, and refresh, you might say, on the Holy Spirit, on union with God. And the first thing the Bible says is after their patience was worn out by the journey, the people complained. And they complained against God, it says, against God and Moses, against the Holy One and against their leader, the Holy One's representative. And this, beloved, is really striking, that people complained against God and Moses. So when we're worn out and we find our patience going, the third step almost always for us fallen human beings is complaining. And complaining, you know, basically, that's like um, the rap song of the devil. That's his rap song, is complaining. When we start complaining, uh, that is more than a warning sign. That's frightening. So we have to learn to catch ourselves as Catholics, as Christians. When we hear ourselves complaining, we really need to do something as soon as possible, like like plunge our, our head into cold water or something like that, because complaining is really the language, you might say, of the evil one. Complaining basically confesses. When I'm complaining, I'm I'm testifying, A, that there is no God, or B, that he's powerless to help me, or C, that he doesn't care. And that's pretty bad. That's a negative gospel. So complaining for us Catholics and Christians, even when the journey is long and we're worn out, complaining is entering into another camp the the camp Mm. that professes there is no god or he's a a powerless god or a weak god or a god who just doesn't care we have lost sight of the truth so there's a very important lesson for our practical day-to-day life here as soon as you and i find ourselves complaining we need to do a reality check we need to stop right then and there because we've taken our eyes off the price. We've taken our eyes off of heaven and off of Jesus. We're not seeing things correctly. And how important is this? Well, it's so important that this reading says in the next paragraph, "...in punishment for all this complaining, the Lord sent among the people seraph serpents, you know, deadly snakes, which bit the people so that many of them died." So God takes our complaints rather seriously. <laughs> and you might say the punishment of, of complaining, the punishment of all sin, is death. He almost was doing them a favor. Because to live in, in a complaining spirit, especially as chosen son or daughter of God, is something worse than death. It brings death, eternal death, to the soul. It's better to, buy, to die by a snake bite than to have my soul die through constant complaining. It reminds us of, you know, Bishop Sheen's famous little saying, that there's two ways of life, he said, two ways of life, for Christians and for non-Christians, that we wake up in the morning and we either say, Good morning, God, or we say, Good God, morning. (laughs) He says there's two ways of life, and that about sums it up. One is more a way of praise, and the other is a way, the way of complaining. And it's really striking when you think about it, that really all of human life can be brought down to that choice. What kind of human being will I be? A man or a woman who praises the Lord and thanks Him, or someone who complains? And what is, what is heaven? Heaven is the place of praise and thanksgiving. What is hell? It's the place of cursing and complaining. Oh my gosh, you know what? That's scary. Mm-hmm. That is scary. That basically, we can know where we are headed by the content of our words, by what we say and how we say it. So those who are destined for heaven... True sons and daughters of Mother Mary, we are the people of praise. Like Mary, we're always praising the Lord. Even in hardship, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Either we're people of praise or we're people like the devil who complains. The devil said, I will not serve. No, I will not serve. And so this this contrast, this choice, it really is epic. And it could well decide our fate. A true Catholic, a true Christian, a true leader of the church is a man or woman of praise, and someone who's really not following Jesus. They may profess to be Jesus, but their language is the rap song of the devil. They're complaining. This is very scary. Because the more we complain, the more our hearts get consumed, you see, with rage and anger and depression, despair, giving up. And we tend to turn to other sins, you might say, to sort of calm down the pain. So the best thing to do is what an old gospel song said. An old gospel song said, The chains that seem to bind you only serve to remind you that they fall helplessly behind you when you praise the Lord. Mm. Amen. 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 And so we as Catholics and Christians, we want to learn when a spirit of complaining comes, the best remedy is to do exactly the opposite. If I feel myself complaining, even interiorly, is start praising the Lord. Start praising Him. The chains that seem to bind you only serve to remind you that they fall helplessly behind you when you praise the Lord. So there is power in praise. We were made to praise. And that's why John the Baptist said to his people, if you don't praise the Lord, which is your destiny, then the very stones will cry out. It's our job to praise the Lord. That's our job. We're called the harkers of the universe, God's sons and daughters. Our job is to enjoy His praise to enjoy His beauty and His goodness, and to express it, to give it back to Him. The whole world proclaims the glory of God, you might say, silently. It's our job to proclaim it out loud. That's our job as human beings. So in this reading from Numbers 21, there's an awful lot there. It's really our life choices here. Are we complainers or are we praisers? Isn't that interesting? Does that make sense, team, at all?
0: Makes sense. I'd buy the CD right now. <laughs> I mean, <this> is, <laughs> these were great, great thoughts. I was just thinking about how many people are changing their attitudes right now. I mean, lot lots of people out there rethinking some ways that they may have woke up this morning with different thoughts, and, and you've put a different perspective on it.
2: Well, and, and you know, we we want to be around people who are, you know, praising other people and praising god and you know being around people who are constantly complaining it it just becomes a drag right everything yeah. starts to to go down it reminds me of the scene in the movie uh moonstruck from way back when mm-hmm. i forget the context but somebody was complaining about something and chair uh the actress grabs the other actor and just yells snap out of it
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right it's the terrible thing is, you know, it's almost addictive. I, I, I've seen that before, even in one of my family members years ago. You know, complaining can become addictive. It's an addiction. Mm. Like, I've seen anger in certain people, and it's clear that they're addicted to anger.
2: Mm. That
1: they get angry over the slightest thing with almost no rationality behind it, because science tells us that certain chemicals are released in our bloodstream when we get angry. and it It's like a slight high for a moment. We get addicted to sin, to anger, even to depression and sadness. And we get addicted to complaining. It's horrid. It's actually horrid because complaining not only is the rap song of the devil, it's really, you might say, the clothing that he wears. He wears the clothing of complaining. We want to wear the garments of praise. And everything really is contained therein. Because praise confesses or testifies that God is supreme, that he's good, that he cares for me, and that he loves me. And that his rescue of me is only a matter of time. He will rescue me from whatever the situation is in the world. It's just a matter of time. It's working to his perfect plans. So praising, the garment of praise, has a great wisdom behind it. And it confesses the reality and the goodness and the love of God. That's the kind of people we want to be. Yes. I'm remembering, team, um, a famous story that's used sometimes in teaching and in preaching about the two little boys who were twins, and they belonged to a fairly well-to-do family, and it was time for their birthday, and the little boys, I think they were becoming turning eight years old, and mom and dad told the two little twin boys that they had a great surprise for them for their birthday and the boys were very 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 excited you know one of the dreams of these kids they would talk about this they always wanted their own horse their own pony and so they certainly couldn't help but speculate that maybe mom and dad were getting us some new ponies they had a you know a big house and a huge yard out in the country And they noticed that some carpenters started to come to the house and were building something in the back. It was like a ranch in the back. And they were building a building there. And it became clear that they were building stables, that the carpenters were building stables. Hmm. And it didn't take them very long. After a couple of weeks, it was ready in time for their birthday. And so Mom and Dad blindfolded the two boys on their birthday and led them out to the new stables and led them in. And they closed the door behind them. They went outside of the stables, and they were looking through little windows, little peepholes to watch the reaction of the two boys. So the two little boys were led one to his stable and the second one to his stable for his uh, his horse. And they were very, very excited, and Mom and Dad shouted, Okay, take off your blindfolds now. And the two boys took off their blindfolds in each of their respective stables, and they looked around, brand new stable. Just the smell of the fresh wood was delicious. And the fresh straw or hay was there. And, but there were no horses. There was stables and there was straw. And the only thing they would see was some, there was some horse poop there. Some horse poop scattered around generously on the new hay. And the two boys, they took off their blindfolds and they looked and the first little boy, he saw the stable, he saw the straw, and he saw the horse poop, and he began to curse. Eight years old, <laughs> and he began to curse and to shout and complain and kick, and he got really angry at his mom and dad. They couldn't, he couldn't see them. They were outside peeping through a little peephole, and mom and dad looked at each other because their son was angry like a grown man, or it's like an immature grown man. He was angry and cursing and kicking and said, how dare they fool me like this? How dare they? Who do they think they are? No horse, no pony, just poop. And he was angry. And then they slowly went to the other people to look at the second son. And he was there. They looked at him and they gasped. Mom and dad gasped with delight and surprise. You know what the other little boy was doing? Hmm. He took the horse poop and he molded it into three little balls and he was juggling the three balls of horse poop and smiling. And they looked inside and the, the second son is smiling joyfully and he's juggling. He's juggling the horse poop in little balls. And they can't believe what they're seeing. Utterly, completely different. And so they went inside to confront the two boys and they brought with them the two ponies. They did have two ponies hiding. They were just trying to surprise them. So they brought in the two little ponies to the two boys. And then the first boy, they were truly, um, you know, saddened by his reaction, but they were glad to give him the little pony. The second son, though, they said, Son, son, you were so happy. You were chuckling. Your your brother was so angry, but you were smiling and happy. How could that be? What is your secret? He said, well, Dad and Mom, I looked down and saw the horse poop. And I thought, well, where there's horse poop, there's got to be a pony somewhere.
0: <laughs> Smart kid.
1: Smart kid, eh? <laughs> yeah. And so you see, there's a lesson there. Next time life gives you horse poop, start juggling. <laughs> <laughs> because wherever there's some of that, there's a, there's a pony waiting for you somewhere. A pony from heaven is waiting for you. So that little boy was a wise little boy, and it really demonstrates that that way of living and thinking really was the way of St. Joseph. is was the way of praising, the way of the Virgin Mary. Always praise the Lord, even when there's horse poop in your way, because God is always good, and He always has a good plan for you and I. There's always something great coming. God rewards the just. He rewards us. He punishes the wicked, but He rewards the just. And so this way of praising the Lord is really, is the way of the saints. It's the way of wisdom, and it's really the path to heaven, to wear the garment of praise. Hmm.
0: Wow, that was pretty good, huh, Jack? (laughs) That
2: that came out of nowhere, and I I bit my tongue because I was going to get in trouble if I reacted to that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think we'll all remember that story. I got to take that one home. Well, we've got about one more minute before we go to a break, and uh, we are planning to talk a little bit more about Scripture, and then dive into uh, St. Peter Julian Amard's writings on the Eucharist and St. Joseph. So uh, friends, we'll take this quick break, and we will be right back with some more from Father Jim Blunt. So stay tuned.
1: In today's world, cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award-winning VerSprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection now, see VerSprite.com. That's V-E-R-Sprite.com. The Quest thanks VerSprite for their support.
3: Hello, I'm Father Mark White, a priest for the Archdiocese of Atlanta. And I'm Amanda Haley, his sister. You've been listening to AM 1160, The Quest.
2: Your metro-wide Atlanta Catholic radio station
3: the quest presents pro-life minutes life is precious as it was given to us as a gift from god he has a plan for every created life even those conceived in the violent crime of rape legislation that protects every life is required because god's gift is to be respected cherished and protected no value is given to the baby's life when abortion is allowed in cases of rape pro-life advocate rebecca kiesling was conceived in rape and had this to say, I am my mother's child. I honor her and bring her healing. Today we are both thankful we were protected from the horror of abortion. Every life, no matter how it was created, is a human being worthy of life and deserves protection. Stand behind legislation with no exceptions. Let's show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com.
2: Hey, you. Yes, you. Have you heard the good news? The Quest Atlanta app makes it easy for you to take AM 1160 The Quest with you, no matter the time of the day or the location. Listen to your favorite shows on demand, submit prayer requests, record a testimonial, and catch up on the latest headlines from Catholic news sources with ease. Just search for The Quest Atlanta in the App Store or on Google Play
1: to download today. 60 seconds with mother angelica
0: he said there are many rooms in my father's house many degrees of glory and he, i think this is so sweet of our lord to do this to say this he said if it were not i should have told you that's why you believe isn't it now don't you feel bad because you question you doubt <laughs> You, we can't doubt God. He said, if it was not true that there are many mansions in my father, I, I would have told you what humility our Lord has, huh? He, he didn't have to do that. He could he kind of said, look, I'm God. Believe it or I'll just conk you on the head or something. That's what I would have said. I said, you guys got nerve.
1: The people you know and trust are on EWTN. E aí
0: Welcome back, everyone. If you are just joining us, we are broadcasting live from the AM 1160, The Quest Studio this hour. I'm Steph Eich, and I'm joined in studio by Jack Tyson and Rachel Miller at the board. And joining us on the phone is Father Jim Blunt. And we are talking about St. Joseph today and the Blessed Sacrament. And we're also talking about uh, the Daily Scripture. So, Father, let's continue. You know, we, we uh, have two more parts of today's daily scripture and I'm not sure since we've got great St. Joseph questions to ask you how you would like to make the best use of the remaining hour
1: yes thank you we have um so many treasures in our Catholic faith it's such a treasure house that we can get lost in it very Mm. quickly very easily there's so much to cover here that's right I would say that um we should at least for a moment look at again at numbers 21 the first reading from today's Mass, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: because of the theme of the seraph serpent. And just to cover that, because it's really one of the greatest, um, you say, prophetic, creative geniuses of God. That the Lord was prophesying. He was slowly but surely leading us, His people, to an understanding of Calvary, of what was about to happen with His own Son. And so just in a nutshell... We see here in the first reading that the people of Israel complained, which is actually a much graver sin than we realize. It's a very grave sin, because it confesses really atheism. It's it's a confession of atheism is what it is, practical atheism. And so here is something opposite of that that God wants to inculcate within us. But he wants to show us the gravity not only of complaining, but the gravity of all sin. So the Bible tells us that the, you might say that the result of sin, the wages of sin, is death. When the people complained, the serpents were sent, and they bit them, and they would die. When the people cried out through Moses for an answer, the Lord gave him an antidote. And you would never expect this, I believe, in a thousand years or more, the answer that came from God. So he asked Moses, to make to make a seraph, like make an image of, it's not a real snake, but an image of the snake, and mount it on a pole. And of course, you can't mount it on the pole unless you have some sort of nail to go through it, to pin it down and hold it on this post. So Moses did exactly what he was told. So when people looked at the source of their despair, the source of their discomfort, the source of their death, they looked at a representation of it, and they were healed at that very same death by looking at this representation of their death. Now, this is striking. It's simply amazing. The very thing that was causing me harm or death, now by looking at this, this representation of it, I'm saved and given life. Wow. And here the Lord wants us to transpose, as a New Covenant comes into play, what Jesus did. And so Jesus was mounted to a pole, you see? And Jesus was not sin. Just like that seraph, that bronze serpent was not a serpent. It was a representation of a serpent. Jesus was never sinful, but he became a representation of sin. And what is the fruit of sin? It's suffering and death. Jesus became sin, the Bible says. Not that he was a sinner, but he became the results of sin. Suffering and death. And so when we cry out to him in our sinfulness and our loneliness, the father says, look at my son. He, you might say, he is the seraph serpent now on a pole. Look at him and the results of your sin will be healed. And that is eternal suffering and eternal death. So there's something here highly and magnificently symbolic just as looking at the representation of the deadly serpent healed the Jewish people, when we look at the representative of humankind taking on himself the appearance of sin, when we look at that, we are healed of our sin. We were actually literally forgiven, especially at Holy Confession and all venial sins at Holy Mass. We are forgiven. So the effects of all of our sin, that's the snakebite of sin is now released from us. The poison of guilt and shame is released. And now we receive eternal life. And those who live in the Lord, after looking at Him on the cross, who live in the Lord, will live forever. The Lord says they will never die. And so that's just an important point to bring out from today's liturgy, is that the Lord Himself, you might say, is the seraph serpent on the pole. He represents the sin and death that we have encountered If we look at him with eyes of faith, our sin is forgiven. The venom, you might say, of shame and guilt is released. And the punishment of eternal death is vanquished, just by looking at him with faith and with love. So this is really the deep lesson, and the reading from Numbers it culminates in and leads us to that amazing sacrifice of the God-man, Jesus, on the cross for our forgiveness and for our salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Wow. Powerful story. I'm glad we have the archives because I've got to go back and take some more notes, but that was great.
1: Yes, God is a creative genius. Never forget that. God mm-hmm. is an artist, and as the Bible says, He does all things well. Everything he does, he does well. He is a creative genius.
0: And for having just read Numbers 21 recently, we're reading the uh, Bible in a year, and I got through that about a week ago. I would have never put that together, so thank you for sharing that. That was for a lot of people who are, are doing that study. Uh, this will be mean even more to them, so thank you for that. Uh, Father, are you ready to talk a little bit about St. Joseph?
1: Sure. Let's switch over to Holy St. Joseph.
0: Okay. Okay, great. You know, I've got a question for you, just a little bit about St. Joseph's life and some of his virtues. And then I was thinking about his conception, and we were talking about this a while back, that there were some signs um, that were relative to his birth, and I'm not really sure what they were. So could you share that with us?
1: Yes, this comes from... The, the revelation of the life of St. Joseph it was given to a holy nun, a Benedictine abbess. Her name was Sister Maria Bayish. Her middle name was Cecilia. All of her works seemed to be like like a song of praise. St. Cecilia is the patroness of music and musicians. So her name was Maria Cecilia Bayish, O-S-B. She was a Benedictine abbess and she was given these revelations of the entire life of Holy St. Joseph, back in the 1700s. And her work, of course, was submitted to the ecclesiastical censors, we might call them, and had been completely approved. And so, yes, they do have an imprimatur, several actually over the years, are completely approved by the Church. And when God gets his private revelation... I think the best attitude for us as priests and people is to treasure them, and never to look askance at them. God gave us public revelation, and he gave us private revelation. They both come from him, and anything that comes from God is holy and good and should be treasured. So this holy work was given to Sister Maria Cecilia Baige back in the 1700s, and it's almost like a treasure that's been hidden for our time. And in it, she describes his life and his death, but his the beginning of his life is something extraordinary. This is a, a very common theme in Scripture and, and scholastic philosophy, is the beginnings of things are very important, what God does in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, the Bible says, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Only God can even create a beginning. There would be no beginnings without God. He is the eternal beginning without beginnings. So everything has a beginning, has its source in God. He creates everything. When he's doing a special or exalted work, he'll surround that work with special signs. And so we celebrate that in a special way, right, in December at Christmas time, when the Father is sending his son to be incarnate in the womb of the Virgin Mary. And there were so many successive signs about that. And one of the most beautiful, of course, would be the star that led the Magi across, the, across the, you might say, the, the known world at the time to find the newborn King of the Jews, who they understood would also be, by the way, not just the King of the Jews. They understood a Messiah was coming. Even people in the Orient understood a Messiah would be coming from the Jewish people who would rule and save the world. Bishop Sheen points us out in his Life of Christ, his marvelous book on the Life of Christ, that, you know, other peoples, not just our holy Jewish brothers and sisters, there were countries and cultures all over the world who were expecting the Lord Jesus Christ. They were expecting a Messiah to come from the Jewish people. Isn't that amazing? Mm
3: -hmm.
1: We don't hear about that, but that's actually true. It's recorded in the annals of history. And so when the three wise men came, they were really following after prophecies from their own culture that the newborn king of the Jews would be the Messiah, the anointed one for the whole world. Of course, another sign would be the shepherds seeing this tremendous uh, manifestation of angels the very night that our Lord was born. So when God is doing a new beginning, he usually accompanies his work with special signs. And blessed are those who have eyes to see and ears to hear when God gives you and I a sign. He did the same thing, of course, with Holy Joseph. And it's really quite beautiful. It's, I would say, simple and yet profound. But Joseph's parents, they they were actually sterile. They had no children. And the, the sacred writer says the reason for that was is that God wanted his holy parents to pray. And he wanted the child he was going to give them to be the fruit of much holy prayer. And so they prayed and they prayed and they prayed till it was revealed to them after many years that God had heard their prayers and he would answer them and give them a beautiful and holy child. The very time that Joseph was conceived in the womb of his holy mother, at that very moment, three stars lit up over the house where they dwelt. It's really something quite beautiful to read from the actual book itself. And this has the imprimatur, the holy writer, she writes this. It was on one of these occasions when they were praying for a long period of time. As Joseph's parents were praying, they rendered homage in the temple and made generous donations to the poor. Joseph's mother experienced an inner conviction that God had heard her prayers and would comfort her. And indeed, upon their return to Nazareth, she conceived St. Joseph. At this time, three unusually bright stars, surpassing one another in beauty and splendor, could be seen directly above their abode. Three unusually bright stars, surpassing one another in beauty and splendor, could be seen above their house. And Maria Baige goes on to write this, Sister Maria, By this sign, God wished to indicate that Joseph was destined to establish the terrestrial trinity. We speak of the heavenly mm-hmm. trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the terrestrial or earthly trinity. That's Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus, or Jesus, Mary, and Joseph.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So the three stars were indicating, you might say, Joseph's his future ministry his future work, he would help to establish the terrestrial trinity on the earth, which would be the abode from which the God-man, the Savior, would emerge. And this shows you, by the way, the importance of the family. And no one less than Pope John Paul I, the holy pope who preceded John Paul the Great. He was only pope for 30 days. Well, little John Paul I He actually said, God is a family. One of his teachings, God is a family. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so when God decided to make you and I, after his own image, he decided to create the family. Dad, Mom, and beautiful children. So we are, every family is like an earthly trinity, that is based on, that is modeled after the heavenly family, the holy trinity in heaven. And so right here we see that the family is absolutely crucial and essential to God's plan for the human race. And that's why Sister Lucia from Fatima, her cause for canonization is now proceeding, I understand very well, her two cousins are already saints, St. Saint Francisco and St. Jacinta. Her cause is progressing now. She was told by Our Lady that the final battle between Satan and the church, and yes, you could say Satan and the world, will be over the family. Satan will try to destroy the human family, mm-hmm. making men act like women
2: mm-hmm.
1: and women act like men and children to act like they're the adults and parents act like their children and children's innocence and purity to be spoiled and robbed from them at an early age and so this sign over the birth of holy saint joseph you know it has a prophetic significance for our time that joseph was born to be the head of the holy family And these three stars signal that. And again, when Holy Joseph was born, in Chapter 2 of the same biography of the life of St. Joseph, it said that this little baby was born. He was absolutely beautiful. (laughs) I wish I could have seen him. (laughs) She describes in detail the beauty of this child. She says, as rumor had it, this child seemed to be a veritable angel of paradise. And all who heard about it were elated. Those who saw him almost went into ecstasy. He was so beautiful, this little baby. And she writes, the three stars again appeared over the abode where Joseph was being born. And they were observed with astonishment. They disappeared rather soon, but the day he was born, as he was being born, the three stars came again. And so the Lord is trying to tell us that this little baby being born is a pivotal part of my plan. What's my plan? His plan, yes, is to bring Jesus' Son as the Savior and have Him born of this Holy Virgin, Maria, the Immaculate Conception, and guided and protected by this Holy Virgin, St. Joseph, but all within the context of the family. And so God does not even try to save us outside of the family. It's so important that he accompanies the birth of Joseph and Mother Mary and the Lord Jesus with signs from heaven. So this is the first thing to understand, I believe, about Holy Joseph, is that he was long-awaited by God, long-awaited. His coming was prepared for in many different ways, especially by the, the constant devout prayers and sacrifices of his holy mom and dad. And when he was conceived and when he was born, stars, bright stars, appeared over the house where he was and disappeared quickly. And so the Lord is telling us, this birth is important. This little one is extremely important to my plan. And a large part of that plan, which we really have not brought out in full relief until now in the church, is that God loves the family. God created the family. God is a family. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and on this earth, Father, Mother, and beautiful children. And so the birth of St. Joseph is significant for manhood, for fatherhood, for families, so much so that God gives a sign, a heavenly sign, to wake up his people. Something magnificent is about to happen. The Savior is coming, but he will have a daddy like everyone else. He will have a daddy, and that's
2: important. You know, Father, we only have a a little more than five minutes left, but I wanted to read you something that uh, is in my rosary booklet, and it's from the fourth Joyful Mystery presentation. Uh, It says, The early life of Jesus was marked by many journeys to Bethlehem, Jerusalem, Egypt, and Nazareth. And this is the line that always gives me pause. Mary and Joseph had no easy life, but one full of travel and trouble. So, joseph as as head of the household literally saved jesus as a as a baby and then and then they became an earthly family where where jesus and mary they bent their wills to him as as the head of their family can you talk about that family dynamic in terms of our own human families
1: yes um you know, we have a problem today in our culture. I mean, we're basically run by mass media, and God only knows who runs the mass media. But they're promulgating a false gospel. And like one of the bumper stickers we've seen in our country a few years ago, we still see them now and then, but question authority. Question authority. But we live in an age of rebellion, and now we're rebelling against the family. We're rebelling against human nature itself. Men are rebelling against being men. Women are rebelling against being women. And behind it all, you can hear the echo of Lucifer. I will not serve. But in the Holy Family, we have a perfect example. And it really is, it's suited to our temperament and to our nature. But see, there is such a thing as authority, that everything that we see in front of us was made or given to us by God. In the modern age, you might say of radical secularism or atheism does not want to acknowledge this beautiful creator. Others we want to take credit ourselves. We become a people not of praising God, but of complaining about nature and twisting it according to our own ends. But in reality, there is a creator of everything, and he has all authority. And he gave it, too, to his son. Jesus said, all authority in heaven or earth has been given to me. What we see in the family is a training ground for learning to respect authority and to love authority. We should make a new bumper sticker and it should say, love authority not question authority, love authority. And so what's happened is, I believe the evil one has penetrated our culture, and he's inverted all the true values of God. We begin to learn them, though, in the family itself, and that's why God made, you might say, the man, the husband, bigger and stronger than everyone else normally. That's even why his voice is deeper That's that's beautiful how God has done this. He's built into our very human nature certain, you might say, truths, eternal truths. And there is a God, and he's represented in the family by the Father. Yes, indeed, we have a noble and glorious destiny. The Mother very much so represents the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the comforter, you see. And the Mother is normally the comforter in the family. And the Mother is normally the healer. Where does healing come from? From the Holy Spirit. And the little child represents, you might say, Jesus himself, the son, the son. But here with St. Joseph, we're looking at the head of the family. Joseph, like the God he represents, is a humble leader. God is not egotistical. He's waiting for us to acknowledge him and to love him. He waits for that. He yearns for that. And that's how Holy Joseph was as well, very silent, very humble. Nevertheless, there's still authority there. This is a good thing. We didn't come out of nothing. We came out of the heart of God. And all of the power and the strength of God is at the service of his mercy, at the service of his love. He's not a dictator, you know, like, perhaps like Adolf Hitler or Joseph Stalin. No, he's not a dictator. All of his power is at the service of his love. When we see how beautiful true fatherhood is, we begin to fall in love. And that's why the whole world basically fell in love with John Paul the Great, with Pope John Paul. The whole world seemed to fall in love with him. I'll never forget going to his funeral in Rome and was there. um, Right up there, I was given a very special place at the altar, actually, very close to the coffin of John Paul. And on the other side, where I was standing, I saw there were leaders from all the countries of the world. Religions, religious leaders, like Buddhists were there, and Hindus and Muslims. It was stunning to be there. On my side were all, I think, Catholic cardinals and bishops and monsignors and uh, the whole universal church. Spread out in front of us were millions and millions of people. What did we see in John Paul? We saw a father figure like St. Joseph, who was never a bully. He was never arrogant. He was never a bully. He had tremendous authority, but all of his authority was, was clothed and penetrated with love. And so Mary and the baby Jesus couldn't help but love Joseph. They couldn't help but love him. When you love someone, you see, you bend your will to them, whoever it is. When you love someone, Daddy, can I have a cookie? Yes, son, wait right here. When you love your son or your daughter and they ask for a little thing, you run to do it. You serve them. You bend your will to that little one. And so it should be with our parents first that fatherhood is something magnificent and beautiful. It's the source. It's the beginning even of love. Love begins with the father. His love was so great, you might say, that it emerged from him, his only begotten Son. And their love was so great for each other, it emerged from their love, the Holy Spirit, you see. Even love begins with the Father. And so St. Joseph, he's now being called to come to the forefront of the Holy Catholic Church. St. Teresa of Avila and other saints prophesied that towards the end of time, Holy Joseph will be raised up by God himself to now assume his proper place in the church. Look how humble he has been for 2,000 years, hiding and humble. He has authority. Even now Jesus respects him as a father. Joseph has complete authority, so to speak, and yet he, has, he hasn't used it in a public way. He's been very quiet and muted out of humility. So in Joseph we begin to learn what true fatherhood is and what true love is. And there's a call here for every woman and for every child to begin looking at your husband and your father with eyes of love, with eyes of love. That's one of the calls of Joseph in our time. Begin looking at the men in your family with love. It's not bad to be a man. It's not bad to be a father. It's quite the opposite. Everything and all love begins and began with the Father himself. This is what Joseph represents. Amen. Amen.
0: Well, Father, unfortunately our hour is coming to a close, but boy, did you finish it out great for us. Felt like a big dose of love, and so what a great hour! We're so grateful to Father Jim Blunt from the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity for joining us. If you didn't catch the whole interview, it will be available on the Quest Atlanta app or online at thequestatlanta.com. Probably later today or tomorrow with the latest. Father, uh, could you close out this hour and lead us in a prayer and a final blessing for everyone who's listening today?
1: Yes, there is. Um, you know, there's a new revelation, so to speak not quite as old as the biography of St. Joseph, but it's a revelation of God, the Father of all mankind, mm-hmm. to a, a holy nun named Sister Eugenia. And that was back in the 1900s. It also has an imprimatur. And there's a prayer that the Eternal Father, he actually appeared to Sister physically and taught her this prayer and asked his people to say this prayer every morning when we get up. It's called the Fiat of the Eternal Father. It's a short prayer. It's quite beautiful. And I would say it's one of the best ways for each of us to start our days off in the right direction. So here is the approved prayer that God the Father gave to Sister Eugenia. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Here's the prayer. In fact, team, it's, it's very short. It's very beautiful. Could you say this after me, my holy team? Sure. Sure. I'll do it phrase by phrase. Kay. My beloved Father. My beloved, my beloved Father. Father. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will, Thy will be, be done, done on earth as it is in heaven. Be thou my father.
2: Be, be thou my, my father.
1: Be always my eternal father.
2: Be, be always my eternal
1: father. eternal father. Do not leave my soul.
2: Do, Do not, not leave my, my
1: soul. soul. Do not abandon me. Do, Do not, not abandon me. me. Do not leave me out of your sight, my father.
2: Do Do not leave me out of of your sight, my father.
1: For I am your child.
2: For I I am am your child.
1: Whom you have created to please you.
2: Whom you have created to please you.
1: To adore you. To
2: adore adore you. you.
1: To honor you. To to honor honor you. you. Living my days living Living my days as you have given me the license to live it. As As you you have given given
2: me the license to live it.
1: I offer up this fiat through Mary.
2: I offer offer up
1: this fiat through Mary to Jesus.
2: To Jesus.
1: To To you, Eternal Father.
2: To to you, Eternal Eternal
1: Father. Father. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Oh, wow. (laughs) Thank you, Father, and thank you to all of you for listening to your Atlanta Catholic radio station, AM 1160, The Quest. Stay tuned for the Divine Mercy Chaplet is coming up next.
2: This is Deacon Mark Mitchell from Holy Spirit Parish in Atlanta, Georgia. You're listening to Atlanta
3: Catholic Radio,
2: AM 1160, The Quest.
3: Pregnancy Aid Clinic, a Catholic pregnancy resource center, serves women in metro Atlanta with free medical services, parenting classes, baby supplies, and more, providing options and tools families need to choose life. For information or to help a family in need, visit pregnancyaidclinic.com. This is the home of listener supported Atlanta Catholic Radio, AM 1160, The Quest, WCFO, East Point, Atlanta.